0: Welcome to Historical Jesus, I'm Mark Vinette. Was Jesus of Nazareth a historical figure? Did he exist? To be secular denotes attitudes, ideas, points of view, activities, objects, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Secular Jesus historians and theological Christians disagree on many aspects and interpretations of the life and deeds of Jesus, but most historians of all stripes do not doubt that at the least, Jesus was a Jewish man who walked first century Judea as a teacher and was crucified by the Romans. Mythicist critics on the opposite end of the spectrum insist not only that the New Testament is filled with legendary material, but that Jesus himself was, literally, a myth. That is, he never existed. I intend to explore a range of views on the topic throughout this series, so that both Christians and non-Christians can enrich their understanding of the Galilean preacher. Let's listen to renowned secular Bible scholar Dr. Bart Ehrman present his thought-provoking arguments in support of a historical Jesus.
1: What scholars do is, the the people who are really serious scholars on this, of whom there are many, spent their entire lives, smart people who can not just read the Greek of the New Testament, but they usually understand Aramaic, and they know Hebrew for the Old Testament, and they know scholarship in French and German and Italian, they're like, they spend their lives studying all this stuff, like this is what they study. And what scholars do is they look at a range, they basically go line by line through all of our sources. The Gospels in the New Testament, Gospels outside the New Testament, the things that Paul says, the things mentioned in other sources of various kinds, and they evaluate every possible datum. And they do this in order to try and establish both the basic contours of Jesus' life, what he stood for, what he represented, what he basically preached, but also down to the details. Did he say this? Did he say that? Did he do this thing? Did he do that thing? And they apply a number of criteria that are comparable to what historians do for every field. Anybody who's studying Thomas Jefferson does the same thing, or Julius Caesar, or Charlemagne. You take the sources and you apply critical criteria to them. And so one of the criteria is the one that we mentioned just now, the independent attestation. But another one that's important for understanding the historical Jesus is when you realize that the people telling stories about Jesus are telling these stories precisely because they're trying to proclaim something important about him they tend to be Christians, if they say something that is really the kind of thing they'd want to preach anyway, you're not quite sure if that goes back to Jesus or not, because maybe somebody made this up in order to develop his own views. But if you got something that actually, man, nobody would make that up about Jesus because that doesn't make him look good, or that introduces a real problem for early Christians, Christians would not have wanted to invent that one. If you have something like that, then you think, yeah, well, okay, that one's probably at least historical then because nobody would have made it up. And so you have these various kinds of criteria that you would use for any historical figure that you use for Jesus. And when you do that, then, you know, the question is, what can you say about him? There are some things that I would say 99% of everyone who studies this intently would agree on. Jesus was from Galilee. He was of the northern part of what we think of as Israel, came from a place, small town named Nazareth. He was lower class. He became a teacher. He left home to engage in an itinerant preaching ministry. He had people who followed him around, who thought that he was a very important teacher, possibly a prophet, possibly a messiah. The last week of his life, he went to Jerusalem to proclaim his message, and he got on the wrong side of the law, and apparently offended Jewish authorities there, and was turned over to Roman authorities, who considered him a troublemaker, and had him crucified for claiming to be the future king of the Jews. That much almost everybody would say, and there's a lot more things that that people would say, but that basic structure is one that almost everybody would agree on. We don't have contemporary records about most anyone in the ancient world. I mean, you just think, for example, who would have been... The most important Jewish figure, well, let's say from the first century, the most important Jewish figure for us for the first century for historians is the Jewish author, Josephus. Josephus was a historian who's very involved in the Jewish uprising in 66 to 70 that ended up to the destruction of the temple. He was a leader of Jewish troops there. He, he ended up being captured by the Romans and eventually was made a court historian by the Roman, the Roman emperor Vespasian. And he wrote a bunch of books that are our best sources of information about first century Jewish. And for the history of Judaism in the period. He was a high upper class elite aristocrat, very involved, very important in the history of Israel at the time, who is our most important author. He's never mentioned in contemporary sources. Or you think about Pontius Pilate. So Pontius Pilate would have been the most powerful figure in Jesus' day in Judea. He was the governor for 10 years, between 26 and 36 CE. Now, we do have a couple of sources from his time, but they're not written sources per se. We have one inscription that was discovered that refers to Pontius Pilate that was discovered in the 1960s, just a a stone slab in Caesarea. And so it does mention his name uh, and says he was a prefect. And we do have some coins. But if you talk about were other people writing about him, there's no written record of him in the first century at all. And he was the most important figure in Judea at the time. It makes common sense to us that if somebody is a, an important figure, uh, they'll make the newspapers and the newspapers will be around for centuries. So it all makes sense to us. I think that is a modern sensibility. It didn't work that way in the ancient world. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up.
0: You'll find out if you have a case
1: and how much it's
0: potentially worth.
1: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be
1: available in all states. The idea that you don't have writings about Jesus should not be used as an argument about anything, because about whom do we have written records from Israel at the time? No one, basically. So that complicates matters, but scholars, of course, are fully cognizant of it. And so what scholars do is they take the records that we do have that come from later, which are similar to the records we have of, of other people. About Pontius Pilate, he finished his rule in 36 of the Common Era, and we have some references to him later by a Jew living in Alexandria, Egypt, Philo, who's writing about the same time as Paul, so probably about 20 years or so after Pilate's rule, and then by Josephus. And so, once again, it's decades later about this most important person. So we deal with understanding Pilate the way we deal with understanding Jesus. We look at our sources, we consider their biases, we see if they independently support one another, and then we render a judgment about what he probably said and did, as far as we can tell evangelicals get upset with me evangelical scholars get upset with me sometimes because they say look what would you want you know we've got these four gospels and we've got you know what do you want i tell them in all seriousness well what we want are about a dozen sources written while jesus was alive or right afterwards that are independent of each other that basically agree about what he said about what he did well that's completely unreasonable you asked me what i wanted It's hard for us today to establish what leading politicians actually said. Are you watching MSNBC or Fox News? And these are contemporary sources the next day, and it's very difficult sometimes. I mean, if you have a recording, that helps. Not always, though, as it turns out. But if you're dealing with antiquity, there's a lot more uncertainty. And most historians live with the uncertainty when it comes to understanding Seneca, for example, or even Nero. But Christians don't like the uncertainty when it comes to Jesus, but we're in the same boat, only we're actually in a a more difficult boat with Jesus. There's a lot we can say. There's absolutely a lot we can say, much more than the broad outline I just gave you, that with relative certainty and scholars can evaluate what's more certain, what's less certain. But that kind of uncertainty just comes with the territory when you're dealing with the ancient world. If you have one lengthy biographical source for an ancient person, that is far better than we have for any other ancient person. And there's nothing particularly that would cause suspicion that the person's been made up in this one account. Historians would think that these miracles that are being narrated or the account of the resurrection are probably not historical, but they almost certainly would conclude there really was this person and they would try to figure out what it was. It's That's what we do with just about every other source. We have basically a single account of Apollonius of Tiana. People don't think somebody just made him up. They think that he existed and that you can say some things about him based on this one source. And so, no, I don't think people would consider Jesus to be a myth if we had only one source. So there are questions about how do we know what Jesus really said and did. Very deep and probing questions that scholars have long asked. Historians who work on the historical Jesus almost never, ever say, well, there's no such man. There was a man, and we have better sources for Jesus than for almost anybody in his day. But they're still highly problematic. They're difficult to establish the details of Jesus' life. And so scholars work on this by applying various criteria to our surviving sources to try and understand the life of Jesus. And the basic contours are agreed on by most scholars with lots and lots of differences once you get beyond the very broad scope. But we can certainly say that Jesus existed and that he was a Jew from Galilee who was a preacher who had disciples and ended up making a trip to Jerusalem during a Passover feast where he was arrested and crucified. That much is pretty certain. The details, though, are where it gets murky. My book that takes what I thought was a really pretty interesting approach is called Jesus Before the Gospels, where I studied memory. What do we know about memory? How does memory work? Do people remember things? Do they misremember things? Do they come up with false memories? And how that affects the oral traditions about Jesus? Did everybody remember things accurately in the ancient world because people couldn't write? Or is that just a modern myth that oral cultures pass on their traditions accurately? And I apply that to the traditions of Jesus to figure out what we can say he really said and did, given the problems of memory and oral traditions.
0: I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you. For sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds, Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calatrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calatrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calatrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply.